our Lord and our God, our mighty warrior, our glorious everlasting God, the one that has been from the beginning, the one that is now and the one that is to come. We exalt you. We worship you. We magnify your holy name for another wonderful, powerful day that you have enabled us to see. Father, we are going into your word. Speak, Lord, to all of us, including me. Use me, Jehovah God, for your glory. I give it all to you. Help us to see Jesus. Father, we want to see you. Reveal yourself unto us. Thank you, faithful Jehovah, for answered prayer. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, we have prayed and we have received. Amen. Praise the Lord. We give God the glory for a wonderful Power Park Women's Conference. We exalt the name. Women, praise the Lord. Men, join us. Praise the Lord. See, our God is a good God. And the Spirit of God is one Spirit. See all the songs, all the praise and worship that we sang to the glory of God. Indeed, our God is a mighty warrior. Please, whatever you are going through, whatever is that circumstances, just trust in the mighty warrior that you are not alone. He's the one fighting the battle. We are not the one fighting the battle. So whatever is that trial, whatever is that circumstances, our God is bigger than that. The God that can make a way in the Red Sea that can ask Moses stretch forth that rod and he made a way, a dry land when you are going in the here, when you look down, you can't even fathom the distance and the water, the ocean and God made that way in the Red Sea and he allowed the Israelite to pass through, so what is that Red Sea, so what is that circumstances that they are going through just trust in the Lord. Do not trust in yourself. Do not look at that circumstances that is so big. Our God is bigger than whatever circumstances we are going through. And let's give it to him. And he will take care of it. To the glory of God. So we are prepping us. Because we are going to the part two of fight the good fight of faith. For the winner's prize. Don't let us be scared. Because the Bible says... In that scripture, Timothy 6.12, the good fight of faith in the conflict, I'm reading the AMP, the good fight of faith, that is our text, and our topic is fight the good fight of faith for the winner's prize. This is part two. We did part one a few weeks ago. I will just emphasize on some of it that we did last a few weeks ago. The good fight of faith in the conflict with evil take hold of eternal life to which you and I were called and for which you made the good confession of faith in the presence of many witnesses. ERV. Don't worry, I will read it from here. Or if you have it, thank you. We have to fight to keep our faith. Try as hard as you can to win that fight. Take hold of eternal life. 
As I mentioned that week, what is that fight of faith? It is the trials, it is the doubt, it is every day-to-day life that we are facing every day. It is not that we go to battle like a Roman soldier. Then, the Roman soldier, they will put on everything just to prepare themselves for the battle. And before they go, they have to practice to be able to use whatever weapon that they have to use. Because they can't just go to battle without knowing how to use the weapon. So that's what we are going to base on today. As we are fighting that battle, I want us to know that we are not alone. Because John says, tells us that in this world, we are going to have tribulations. But we should take heart because Jesus already overcame. That's past then. He already overcame. So whatever battle that is still coming, we are already, we are already victorious over it. Because we have the one that is greater than that battle inside of us. Praise the Lord. So our part two. How do we fight the fight of faith? Paul encourages us in Ephesians 6. We will take it one after the other. 10 to 20. He says, before we go to that, that Ephesians 6 to 10. Hold on. Just leave it there. I will read Ephesians 6. I will start reading it. To the end, my letter, I tell you. He's telling me and all of us and those watching online. To the end, my letter, I tell you. Be strong in the Lord and in his great power. Paul is encouraging us to be strong in the Lord and in his great power. Let's read on. 11. We are the full armor of God. We are the full armor of God. We are God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's clever tricks. See how he put it. Clever tricks. Because the devil thinks he's clever. But our God is the excellent one that is clever than him. We are the full armor of God. We are God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's clever tricks. So that means he has clever tricks. See the way he went and he just asked Eve that question. And that's the subtle way that he comes to us. Either in thought, putting doubt in our heart. Different kind of things that he used. That is why we too, we have to wear that full armor. Go to the next verse, please. Our fight is not against people on earth. It is not against physical people. It is not against your co-worker that is stepping on your toes like almost every week. It is not against them. And the Bible says we should follow peace with them no matter how, no matter what they bring our way. We are fighting against the rulers and authorities and the powers of this world's darkness. We are fighting against the spiritual powers of evil in heavenly, in the heavenly places. I will continue reading. But glory be to God. That should not make us to be fearful because we are fighting over all those things that we just read in verse 12. We should be happy and give glory to God because we also, we are seated together 
Because by grace and by mercy we have been saved. And we are seated together, we cry, Jesus, in the heavenly places. Look at that. We also, we are seated together with the King of Kings, with the Lord of Lords, in the heavenly places, far above those principalities that we are fighting. We are seated far above them. So my brothers and my sisters, we have to live a bold life. Not boldness of pride, but boldness that we have Christ sitting in the inside of us. And we are seated together with him. So whatever it is that trial, whatever it is that the devil and his oaths, whatever clever tricks they are bringing, he cannot stand. But we also, we have to know whom we have believed. We have to know that the word that he gave us is part of the weapon that we can use to fight the devil. Because the word of God is so powerful. So let's read on verse 13. That is why you need to get God's full armor. We need to get God's full armor. Sorry, can you put up that picture please? You see, when the word, when the military, or the, those Roman soldiers then, when they are fighting the battle, we will see go there. What they, they have to put on everything. See, that picture may not be clear. The picture was something that happened. I took this picture by myself. This picture was something that happened at my house a few years ago. See the way those men, they dress up. They put on their hat. They dress for war. They put on their full armor because they are facing an opponent. And they have to prepare themselves. So we are not talking about that or what they wore there. You see them. And you see the, 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 that, that vehicle, that truck there is full of their ammunition. But we don't need that. To God behold the glory. You can, take, you can put the picture in. We don't need to dress like that. All what we need is surrender your life to Christ and take that word. And face the devil with that word. That, that word is so powerful. He said the word of God is powerful quick and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword those people they will have sword they'll put we'll, we'll get there they put it on but we don't need that we don't need to dress like them all what we need to do is to surrender it all and build ourselves up in that word in the word of god because the word of god is god himself praise the lord let's continue reading on sorry that is why you need to get God's full armor. Then on the day of evil, you will be able to stand strong. We need that in this world that we are going to. In this world that we have, we need the word. We need to put on that full armor. Not like a Roman soldier, but as a soldier of Christ. And when you have finished the whole fight, you will still be standing. We will still be standing. Because the devil does not sleep. He goes all over. See Job. Let's read Job 1.1. He goes all over. Looking for where he will perch. We shouldn't allow him to perch in our hearts. To perch in our home. When he comes with his clever trees. Which will take up our stand. No. You are not coming here. No. This is not your place. Because when you allow him. When you give him an inch. He will take over everything. Let's continue reading verse 14. So stand strong 
with the bed of truth. We are coming to those ham, the bed of truth. See, I'm wearing this. I don't even know that I'm going to wear this today, but God made it possible like that. I'm wearing my belt. My belt, you see, the men, when you finish dressing, you wear your belt. Not like in coat, what we see outside these days. The belt, God made that belt for a purpose. To tighten whatever we are wearing. Either the men are wearing pants. When you put on that belt, at least you put, it has holes where you can be able to fit it right. Then, we are going to use that metaphor that Paul used. Because he used it like a Roman soldier. You know, when the soldier, when they go, when they are preparing themselves to put on their armor, they put on all these. They have a belt. In that belt, the belt holds where they put all the weapons, so that the weapon can sit very well. So also, as a soldier of Christ, as a redeemed child of God, we need to put on the belt of truth. The belt of truth. So the armor, the armor of God is what Paul is encouraging us to put on. And the armor, this is an expression of what symbolizes the combat equipment of a Christian soldier. Who fight against spiritual wickedness? Just leave that there. We'll still go on with the verse. So don't take it up, please. So the full armor of God, we have to put it on. And the full resources of God, which are available to all who take up the cross and follow Christ. So we as a soldier of Christ, we have to put on that belt of truth. Not like a physical belt that I'm wearing. Or that the, 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 the normal, you know, like the Roman soldier wear. Not, we are not talking about that. So, and every spiritual attack we encounter each day, like doubting our faith, temptation to sin, fear, feeling like we aren't qualified or good enough to preach the gospel. All this comes from Satan and his evil forces. It comes every day. Either you are driving, you are sitting now, you are at your workplace, you are walking, things can just come. It will just come from nowhere and just drop this negative, this contrary thought that is against the will and the plan of God for us. Sometimes we don't pay in no mind. But when you see that it constantly comes, you just say the word. We just put that belt of truth on. And that, that belt of truth, because the Bible says our God is a spirit and those of us that worship him, which we must worship him in spirit and in truth. So, and the Bible says that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. That is John 10.10. 10. No man cometh to the Father except through him. And he is the truth because he has brought us grace and truth. So we have to put on that belt of truth at all times. So the complete set of armor that Paul encourages us to put on, that, that means we should put on Christ because Christ is the truth. Put on Christ, the author and the finisher of our faith. So this is not putting on an armor for battle like a Roman soldier. It is not that. But we put on the armor, the full armor of God and not like a Roman soldier. 
So the armor, what does the armor of God symbolizes? The armor of God symbolizes the defense we must take in our spiritual lives every day. We must take that defense every day. Not that you are ready to fight, you know, like a physical fight, but just in your heart, in your mind, in yourself, you have that truth about God, about Christ, that you are a child of God, that he can't perch wherever, whenever he comes to perch, that he can't perch, this is, this is no ground for him, which you just let him know. And that defense has to be on. So also, armor of God is an expression is an expression that symbolizes the combat equipment of a Christian soldier to all who take up the cross and follow Christ. So that's Nelson Dictionary. That's the way he described the hammer of God. That is an expression, is an expression that symbolizes the combat equipment. You know, when you have, when the soldier, Roman soldier are fighting battle, or the army, when they are fighting, when they want to combat, we can open it. They prepare themselves. Like we saw in that picture, they are ready. So they get, they are always at a lot. So we also, as believers, we have to be at a lot with the belt of truth on in us every day. So, so the Roman soldiers store their weapon in their belt. Without a belt, they could not carry a weapon. And if they don't wear a belt, if they don't carry a weapon, they cannot go to combat with the opponent. They can't fight because they have to make sure that they have everything in case the opponent comes and so that they can protect themselves. So the armor is a protection for us as believers. So Paul used a metaphor as a descriptive strong symbol of the power of God and its available resources provided to fight the good fight of faith each day. Because the devil does not rest. But the Bible says we should enter into the rest of God. How do we do that? By making sure that we equip ourselves with the belt of truth. That is Jesus Christ. So we put on the belt of truth around our waist. So the belt is the part that holds everything together. John 8, 31 to 32. And it says in that, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Jesus Christ is that truth. Let us continue to know Jesus more and more every day by searching the scripture, by making sure that we create time to study and meditate upon the word. We equip ourselves. We read the scripture. You read different versions because each version simplifies some of the words, like New King James Version, you go to another version so that we can have better understanding. And we have to have an expectant heart to receive revelation, to understand what God is telling us. So knowing God's word and complete trust in the word to strengthen us to stand victorious every day. So Paul described the belt of a soldier with truth. For us believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, God's word is that truth. And this is our foundation, 2 Timothy 3.16. God's truth is our foundation. 
scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, that is to correct us, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. You see, the word of God has it all. So whatever it is that we need to fight that battle for the winner's prize, for the internal life, we need to just make sure that we spend time in the scripture because it says the scripture is given for is given by the inspiration of God. That is, the people that wrote the Bible, they were led by the Spirit of God to write the Bible. So we should go there because that is where God speaks to us. That is his word. And that word is himself. So we have to make sure that we go and study and meditate on the word of God. So that we can have that belt of truth on at all times. So by remaining in this in his word, we will be equipped to stand strong for any spiritual battles that comes our way each day. John 17, 7, John 17, 17 to 18. It says, sanctify them by your word. Your word is truth. That is, we can sanctify ourselves through the word, going to search the word, and trust God, commit it to God, trust God that God will speak to us as we read the word. As you sent me into this word, this is Jesus Christ, I also sent them into the word. That is, sending us into the word with the word that we need to use to fight the fight of faith. Because it's a fight of faith. Trials comes. Things come. Situations comes. But if we are not equipped, if the soldier is not equipped to go to battle, they will be defeated. So, but we, we as Christian soldier, we have to be equipped and equip ourselves with the truth in the word of God so that we'll be able to stand strong and be able to fight the fight of faith. So we need that. God's word is the truth. Our feelings is not the truth. Our feelings is not the truth. What we hear is not the truth. Whatever is it that you are experiencing that is not in line with God's word is not the truth. So we face whatever is a lie from the pit of hell. We face it with the word of God. And the word of God is that truth. So speak God's word to your circumstances. Speak what God's word with faith and it will change that situation. We change to the glory of God. We all what we need to do is to speak the word. And that situation will turn around. Ephesians 4.25, ESV. It said, rather, speaking the truth in love. That is when we are relating to people. Because we have to put on that belt of truth. If anybody is doing anything, either they are annoying us, we should speak the truth to them in love. Because we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head that is Christ. We have to speak the truth in love. And that truth has to be in our mouth at all times. At all times. So that is number one weapon. The full hammer that we have to put on. The belt of truth at all times. Number two weapon. Full hammer that Paul encourages us. We should cover our hearts with the breastplate of righteousness 
And that is the righteousness of Christ, not our own righteousness. Because Christ has imputed in us his own righteousness. So we read on. He said, so stand strong with the belt of truth tied around our waist. And on your chest, we are the protection of right living. Right living. That is the breastplate of righteousness. Rely on the righteousness. Let us rely on the righteousness and purity of Jesus Christ. We should put on holiness as a protective armor that covers our heart. As 1 Corinthians 1.30 says. 1 Corinthians 1.30 God has united you with Christ Jesus. For our benefit, God made him to be wisdom. He made Christ to be wisdom itself. Christ made us with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from our sin. He freed us from our sin through the blood that he shed at Calvary. And he's telling us that Christ had made us right with God. That is, he has given us all that we need to live a life of holiness. He has given us all that we need. We should just trust him. Don't look at yourself that you are the one doing it. See yourself that you have been crucified as, 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 as the word of God says. Christ, you have been crucified with Christ. In that Galatians 3.13. Christ has redeemed us and we have been crucified with him. Nevertheless, we are now the one. We are not the one living now, but Christ is the one that is living in us now. We should just continue to remind ourselves of that. That we are not the one living. We are not the one talking. But Christ is now living through us. His own righteousness. Because Christ made us right with God. He made us pure and holy. And he freed us from our sin. By the blood that he shed. Through his grace and mercy. We have been saved. It is not by our own works. He said that's what. It's not by works of righteousness. But by his grace alone. It's not by works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. It's not by works of righteousness, but by his grace alone. We are complete in him. We are complete in him. It is not by our own works of righteousness, but by his grace and the righteousness that he has imparted upon our lives. Praise the Lord. So we should cover our heart with the breastplate of righteousness and then put on Christ at all times. Put on that breastplate of righteousness as an integrity and of moral rectitude. And right standing with God, 24 by 7. That is Ephesians 6, 14b. We have to make sure that we put on that breastplate of righteousness, 24 by 7. And we live a life, a life of integrity. What is integrity? Integrity is the quality of being honest and having a strong moral principle. Moral uprightness, that is the dictionary definition. That's the dictionary definition. Now, for us as believers, we are trusting God that is the one living in us now. So we will be able to live that life because we allow Christ to live a life of holiness, a pure life through us. So an example of integrity is being dependable. Our God is dependable. 
And that song, there's a song that we normally sing then. I want to be like Jesus. We want to be like him because we are little Christ. And we want to be like him. So also, our God that we are serving is dependable. So we have to live a life of dependable. We have let, let people be able to see us that we, are, we, we, have good, we, we have integrity. That is, the Christ we are serving is a dependable God. So, so being dependable and following through on commitment, that is, follow through on the promises you made. You see, recently, I will just, that thought just came to me that you see, you will tell people that you will do this, you will call them. I say, God, I need your help. Because sometimes in the busy schedule, you can promise somebody that you want to call them or you want to do this. So that thing was just, you know, coming to me. I said, God, you are the only one that can help me to stand and hold on, to follow through to our commitment. So we trust God and we put it on every day. So being open also, that is because I'm saying this because those, these are the things that we encounter every day at our place of work in our with our family let us live a dependable life let us live a life of integrity let us make sure that we follow through on commitment that is follow through on the promises you made to somebody either you made the promise to your child or to your friend make sure you are dependable let them see you that you made that promise and you go by it not by our own strength but by trusting god so being open also an example of integrity is being open and honest when we are communicating with others. We should be open and be honest. Let us don't have somebody, something else in our heart and we are saying something else with our mouth. Let us be open and be honest because these are what will help us to fight the good fight of faith. Because the devil comes with his clever tricks. He knows. It's not that he can read our mind, but he just comes in a subtle way. So when we make sure that we are being open and honest, you will see that that is part of what can help us because you will have an open and honest heart and you will be able to have peace of mind. You'll be able to take your stand because the devil can come. Don't you see what you did yesterday? But you can tell him right away, God has already forgiven me because the blood of Jesus has been shed and already sorted it out with my God. So that is the reason why we have to be open and honest to God and to others. Also, an example of integrity, living a life of integrity, is, being, is holding yourself accountable and admit when you are wrong and apologize. Apologize when you are wrong. Don't think that, oh, it's my child. I don't need to say sorry. Say sorry. Sorry should always be in our mouth as believers. We should not be too proud to say sorry. Admit that fault and apologize. That's a life of integrity. Doing the right thing in a reliable way. That's part of how we can put on the breastplate of righteousness. Doing the right thing in a reliable way. See the way God have mercy on us. He treats us because we are the apple of his eyes. And because we are his, we should also live the life that he is living. Because that's what he wants us to live. So we should avoid sharing confidential information with others. Somebody can come and confide in us and tell us something. We should take that thing to God, not just talking to everybody about it. 
have that dependable life, commit, make sure that you have that right living in your heart. Don't say it and you are feeling guilty. Oh, and this, this person just mentioned this thing to me. He mentioned it to you because he's confided in you and keep it like that. Keep it confidential and take that thing to God in prayer about that person. Not that you start talking to other people because only God can intervene in whatever it is that that person has confided in us. So we should do that. We should return. We should return this one. I don't know whoever is it. We should return found items withhold without an expression of receiving a reward. When you discover that you take something that is not yours, take it back. Don't hold it. Oh, this is uh, a blessing. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You know it doesn't belong to you, then you take it back. You take it back and you will, you will see the way God will bless you in return. More and more. And more. So by biblical examples of people with God's integrity. Job. Job is an example. You see, we have this example so that we will not have any excuse that, oh, it was so difficult for me to go through that thing. That's why I just... But some people went through it and God helped them. They went through it and God helped them and they were victorious. So also, we also, we are, because then Job... It wasn't the dispensation of, that was the dispensation of the law. But now we have the grace of God. We have the blood of Jesus Christ that has come, that has shared, that Jesus Christ shared at the cross of Calvary. So we should, Job is an example. Let's read Job 1.1. He said, dear, dear once was a man named Job who lived in the land of Oz. He was blameless, a man of complete integrity. He fear God and stay away from evil. Despite all what his friends told him. Do this. Speak against your God. He refused. No. You see, this should be our testimony. That we should be blameless before God and have a complete integrity of Christ in us as our breastplate of righteousness. And fear God and stay away from evil. Don't say because all of them are doing it, so I will do it. Even if people are doing a lot of stuff in our office, when you see that that thing is not right in the sight of God, you don't join them. You stay strong and stand with Christ. Let them call us names, but it is okay to bear it for Christ. Praise the Lord. So another example is Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They exemplify integrity in private and public, even when their lives were in danger. That is Daniel 3. We'll read it because there are a few verses. Even when their life was in danger, they refused to worship Mammon God. You see, we sing that song. I will never worship Mammon God. Mammy God, we will never worship Mammy God, Mammy God. It is not about us singing it here. We have to make practice it, even when we are alone, even when our church members are not there, even when your family members are not there. Stay your ground and don't worship Mammy God. To God be all the glory. Today is October 31st. Who knows? 
So the glory of God, we don't do it here by God's grace. Those of you watching us online, we will never worship whatever it is that is going on out there to the glory of God. Because Jesus Christ is who we will give all our worship to. That was what happened. In the, in, in the, in, 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 with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Let's read it. Daniel 3, we'll read verse 11 and then 16 to 18. Those few verses. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing furnace. They want them to worship whatever is the statue. We will not go there to do because we know that story. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we do not need to defend ourselves before you because they refuse to worship whatever it is that they carve. They refuse to worship. If we are thrown into the blessing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. So whatever it is that man made God, let's take our stand. Do not let us join them. Let us take our stand and focus on Christ like these three Hebrew men. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. See, those, that, that was them. See, they stood their ground. They are not saying, oh, because everybody has all this stuff, unnecessary stuff in front of their house. So let me put it. No. They refused. They said, no. They even, with, with, with boldness and respect, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up, they refuse. So let us take our stand, no matter what it is. Our God that we are serving, that is inside us, is greater than he that is in the world. And that God is able, he has given us all that we need to take our stand and refuse to worship man-made God. Praise the Lord. So Daniel refused to compromise also. Daniel is another example. He refused to compromise his belief. Daniel 1, verse 8. Daniel refused to. Because, but Daniel determined not to defile himself by eating the food and the wine given to them by the king. He asked the chief of staff for permission. You see, he went and he recognized with respect, he, asked, he went there for permission. He didn't say, oh, I'm not doing that. He went and asked for permission not to eat of this unacceptable food. So what is it? It, it may not be this situation with us. It may be another situation. But we should, with respect, and go and do whatever. I know when we go, because we have the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit is our helper, is our guide. He will help us. He will direct us in what to do. This was what happened to Daniel. The Holy Spirit can direct us in another way to handle whatever it is that, we, that, that, that comes up. So God is always there for us. So Daniel, also Daniel was committed to honoring his God, regardless of the cause we should be able to stand regardless of the cause to cover ourselves with a, with, with a rightful living. Daniel 6, 7. 
We are all in agreement. You see all the administrator. Because they just want to find something just to make sure that Daniel is not praying or they want to just look for a loophole for Daniel. But Daniel refused. That, that particular time that the king made that decree, he went, he opened his window. He went and he knelt down and prayed three times a day. I'm not saying we should pray. We can pray anytime. There is no time, specific time that we have to pray. You can stand, you can be driving and be praying to your God. But then Daniel prayed and he refused. He said, no, I'm not. I'm going to pray to my God. I'm not going to pray to this. But the, you see, the, the, those administrators of high place, that the king should make a law that will be strictly enforced because they, they are looking for something just on Daniel. But Daniel was committed to honoring his God regardless of the cause. We can read it when we get because, because of the time. Daniel 6, 1 to the end. We can read it when we get home. Daniel stood that ground. He was committed to honoring his God. And God kept him. Even while they threw him into the lion's den. God kept him. The lion. They didn't move because they see that the Lord of laws, the, uh, the mighty warrior was with Daniel. And he came out from that den of lion. Untouched. Also, we are untouchable. Let us know that we are untouchable. And we should live the life. We should make sure that we have this harm. Number two, cover yourself with the breastplate of righteousness. Number three, protect your feet with the shoes of the gospel of peace. Ephesians 6.15. So we'll just be wondering, why is Paul using all this metaphor? Wearing shoes, putting on this belt and all that. He just used that because that was the way he can describe, he can demonstrate for us to put on the full armor of, of God. On your feet, we are the goodness of peace to help you stand strong. And what does that mean? So a soldier needs to wear a shoe to the battle field so he can protect his feet from all kinds of ash and rough areas. You see, imagine a soldier going to battle and they don't wear shoes. What do you think will happen? Because they, are, they will be stepping on different things. And it can mess up their feet. So also as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. The gospel is joyous good news of salvation in Jesus Christ. And that should always be with us. Because we don't know and when we can come across somebody that we have to preach the gospel of peace. The gospel about Jesus Christ. So we have to make sure that it's part of the armor that we are wearing. Us first that we are saved. And also we have been saved to serve. That is to go and preach that gospel. We just preach the word. God is the one that waters it and brings that soul to Christ. Because when we preach that word, when we preach that gospel, it may not be right away that the person will say, oh, I want to give my life to Christ. But you have deposited that word. And God is the one that will go forth. If that person you preach the gospel to, they don't give their life to Christ at that same moment. So God is the one that goes ahead. So brethren, we are called to share the gospel, the good news of Christ with others. Apart from saying the word, let our life minister the gospel of Christ also. Having our shoes fitted with the gospel of peace enables us to do it successfully. John 14, 27. 
our shoes. So I am leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. The peace of God that God gives us is what we need to dwell on. Let our mind be at peace and always wear that, that shoe of the good news. That is, you have been saved. And that joyous manifestation in us will enable us to go outside there and preach the gospel. Either through the word that we say or through our action, through our life. So our shoes help us to walk across rough areas because that peace helps you to walk across rough areas, not being disturbed, no anxiety, because you have the peace of God in us. So no matter whatever is that trial, you are able to be at peace that you know what? This, web, this fight has been won. I, it, it won already for me. So that will help us to keep our trust in him. So in the same manner, having a comfortable fitted shoe of the gospel of peace enables us to be ready to share the good news with others at all times. And whenever the opportunity comes, so the opportunity can come anytime. So my brothers and sisters, we must be, we must be dependent on the grace and the ability of God, 24 by 7, and always be prepared willing and ready to share the good news of the gospel to someone every day. Number four weapon, number four arm that we can put on is lift up and use the shield of faith with which you can stop all the bony arrows that comes from the evil one. That's Ephesians 6.16. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. In addition of this, that is Paul still encouraging us. Hold up the shield of faith to stop the fiery arrows of the devil. Because those fiery arrows come every time. Paul tells us to take up the shield of faith to extinguish the flaming arrows of the devil. So a Roman soldier used a shield as a form of protection. So faith, our faith is our protection. Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Faith is the assurance, as Hebrews 11.1, 1, AMPC. Faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction of their reality. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So our faith is that assurance, is that tied to deed of things that we know God already did. Even though we, we, don't, we, didn't, we, don't, we are not seeing it physically. But we trust God that this is a done deal. You see, it's as if you are, you are having like something going on either in your body or whatever. But you trust God that the Bible says, He took away my infirmities. And my sickness and my diseases. By his stripes, I am healed. It's not H-E-A-L. H-E-A-L-E-D. Pass. I am healed already. So we continue to take that shield of faith. It may not be healing aspect. It may, not, it may be another area. Other a student, you are finding one cause difficult. 
Go to God. The Bible says you have more knowledge than your teachers. That's your shield of faith. You continue to hold that shield of faith. Continue to say that word. And don't just be saying it. Say the word and mean what you are saying. And trust in that word. And focus. Focus on what you are saying. Trusting God that this is what God says. And I'm taking my stand on it. As I mentioned to us last time. I stood my faith. I said, God, I am healed. Either I'm wearing this big boot. I am healed. And I kept them so very happy. I didn't even think about it. I am healed. And thank God. Thank God for all my family. They were dear for me. <laughs> God used them. My husband go to, <laughs> go to this store. And all my children. Everybody walked. Those few weeks. <laughs> and it's true. I will send lists. I will send another one. Sometimes I can send like three. <laughs> so praise the Lord. So we should take that shield of faith. I want us to round up with this. The woman with the issue of blood. So whatever it is. Either you are watching online. Or you are sitting down here. What is that health issue that you are facing? The woman with the issue of blood. Let us read it. Luke. I didn't give it to, to her, sorry. <laughs> now a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who has spent all her livelihood on physician and could not be healed. Don't worry, another time we come, we will finish the hammer. We are number four. That woman, imagine somebody going all over for 12 years. And it's not that she has not, she went to all. You that are medical people here, she went to everywhere. Imagine people will be running away from her. Maybe that, oh, is she smelling? But, because of her faith and determination, she was determined. There was crowd, but she was determined. If I may touch the hem of his garment, I will be made whole. That was a very strong faith and determination. She wasn't even care. She just went. Whatever crowd is it, I want to receive my healing. Because I know I can, I can get my healing from this man. Because I know there is power. There is power. There is a virtue of power that will, that will stop this flow of blood for 12 years. So whatever it is that you are going through. Jesus the perfect healer is here. Just be talking to him. That's how we are going to run up. Be talking to him because our God is the perfect healer. And he heals either physically or spiritually or whatever it is you are going through. Whatever is that sickness, whatever is that infirmity. He is the same yesterday. He is the same today. And he remains the same forever. God, Jesus that can perfect that miracle is the same today. He did it then. He's doing it now. And he will continue to do it because he's a faithful God. Because he's our healer. He's our greatest physician. And there is no sickness that is not able to heal. No sickness. If the, that woman, with her faith and determination, she stood and she said, if I can, 
He came from behind and touched the border of his garment. And immediately a flow of blood stopped. So what is that thing? Don't look at it that, oh, you have been, this has been going for on. You are watching online. Trust God that the perfect healer is here. We are going to round up and let's, let's be praying. Whatever it is that is that sickness or is that infirmity, just talk to God because the perfect healer that the woman with the issue of blood touched the hem of his garment is right here with us. Talk to God and I know he's working. Thank God for the praise and worship. Our God is always here 24 by 7. Don't take it for granted. Don't say, oh, this is Sunday. Don't say, oh, this is who is talking. God is the one that talks through everybody that he brings here. Either through praise and worship, through ministration of the word. Because our God is in the business of doing wonderful things every day. It may not be infirmity. It may be situation. Whatever is that situation, the great warrior is here to put an end to whatever battle that we are going through. Because he has come to give us life. And to give us that life more abundantly. A wonderful, glorious life you want us to live. He said everything that pertained to life and godliness, he already provided for us in Christ Jesus. And we know Jesus. So let us, let us continue to pray that prayer. Let us talk to God. He's here and he's listening because he's a great God. He's a mighty warrior. There is nothing that is impossible for him to do. The Bible says with God, all things are possible. Father, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we give you praise. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, faithful God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jehovah God. We give you praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, faithful God. Thank you, Jesus. You are God from beginning to the end. There's no place for argument. You are God all by yourself. You God from beginning to the end there's no place for humans you are God by yourself Father in Jesus name our Lord and our God, we bless you because you are God. From beginning to the end, you are God. There is no place for argument. There is no controversy about that. You are our great healer. You are our redeemer. You are our strength. You are all in all to us. Thank you, faithful God, for those healing that you have perfected. In those people watching us online. In those people that are sitting down here. Thank you, Father, for hearing everybody's prayer in regards to whatever it is. Is it infirmity? Thank you for healing. For the Bible says, Jesus himself took our infirmity.
our pain, our sickness, and our diseases. And by his stripes, we are healed. Thank you, Father, for the healing that you have perfected in the lives of as many as have cried unto you this afternoon. Thank you, faithful God, for your healing. Thank you for your physical healing. Thank you for spiritual healing. Father, we thank you for situations that you've turned around to your glory. We exalt you because of the way you will continue to make us to know that we need to put on the full armor of God, 24 by 7. Thank you for your blessing that we are going to continue to receive in the remaining part of the service. We give you praise, Jehovah God. In Jesus' precious and mighty name, we have prayed and we have received. Praise the Lord.